0: Oh, Lord.
1: reading from Amos. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to King Jeroboam of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the very center of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all of his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go, flee away to the land of Judah, earn your bread there, and prophesy there but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet nor a prophet's son, but I am a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people, Israel. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
2: from Mark as Jesus came out of the temple one of his disciples said to him look teacher what large stones and what large buildings then Jesus asked him do you see these great buildings not one stone will be left here upon another all will be thrown down and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. As for yourselves, beware, for they will hand you over to councils and you will be beaten in synagogues and you will stand before governors and kings because of me as a testimony to them. And the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. When they bring you to trial, and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you at that time, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and to father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. God. It is my pleasure to welcome you to Trinity Cathedral on this Inaugural Evensong of 2018-2019. Emory University in Atlanta is in the practice and has been for many years of holding classes Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, allowing them to have what they call Wonderful Wednesdays. I think wednesdays at trinity cathedral are pretty wonderful with brown bag uh, concerts at noon followed by evensong followed by a soup supper which tonight is corn chowder by the way followed often by programming and we have such a program tonight at seven resilience transition and blue corn tamales i hope that that intrigues both uh, your mind and your appetite because both will be addressed in this program presented by Bob Stice. One bit of logistics, if you are going to the program, you should get your soup, your salad on a tray and take it to meeting rooms A and B. And if you are not, you are invited to have your supper in Cathedral Hall with many of the choir as your accompaniment No doubt. We remember today Bishop George Bell on the anniversary of his death 60 years ago. Our remembrance is timely for reasons both worthy and distressing. It is difficult to create a homily in the midst of an unresolved controversy, but it would be irresponsible not to acknowledge that our remembrance is problematical. First, the easy part. We commemorate a 20th century Anglican bishop, social activist, and theologian who was influential in the early ecumenical movement, vehement in his opposition to Nazism, principled in his criticism of allied military strategy in World War II, and adamant in his opposition to the atomic arms race. At the first meeting of the World Council of Churches following World War I, he distinguished himself as what today we would call a champion of diversity. In particular, he promoted the creation of a commission for religious and national minorities. Later, having then been appointed Bishop of Chichester, he worked to ameliorate suffering caused by the Great Depression and developed formal structures linking his diocese with workers' organizations. His was one of the earliest and strongest voices against Nazism. He sounded the alarm about Nazi anti-Semitic views in April 1933. And in June 1934, he signed a declaration that stated that Christian belief and National Socialism, Nazism, were incompatible. He was not a pacifist. He believed that the Axis had to be fought and should be defeated. But during World War II, he used his position in the House of Lords to condemn the Allied strategy of area bombing, which resulted in mass civilian deaths. And he expressed particular concern for the millions of civilians displaced by the war. As our collect indicated, civilians, regardless of side. And then, following the war, he voiced his concern about the atomic arms race and condemned the Cold War. In some, we remember Bishop George Bell as a thoughtful, creative, principled, and active figure in our church, well worth remembering on October 3rd. The difficult part of this homily arises from our awareness that in 1995, nearly 40 years after the death of Bishop Bell, the Diocese of Chichester received a complaint from a woman that she had been abused by Bishop Bell when she was a child during the 1940s and early 1950s. The diocese, for whatever reason, chose not to notify the police. In 2013, just five years ago, the Archbishop of Canterbury received a follow-up complaint and looked into the matter. And in 2015, the Church of England released a statement apologizing for the alleged abuse and authorizing payment to the complainant to a woman then in her 70s of nearly 17,000 pounds. Widespread concerns about the statement and the payment led to the commissioning by the Church of England of an independent panel led by Lord Carlisle of Berriot. The panel concluded that while the church had acted in good faith, its processes had been inadequate to protect the accused. The panel found many errors in the proceedings, including failures to pursue obvious lines of inquiry. The panel did not reach a conclusion as to the validity of the allegations, but it concluded that there had been, and I quote, a rush to judgment unquote. to bring this story up to date, in January of this year, the Church of England announced that it had received and passed on to the police fresh information on Bishop Bell. Lord Carlisle described this announcement as quote unwise, unnecessary, and foolish. Unquote. The most recent information is that the police, who duly reopened their investigation, have now declared the matter closed and have stated that no further action will be taken. At a time when our Congress is sharply divided over a nomination to the Supreme Court, when we see someone who was once a popular sitcom father led away to jail in handcuffs, When we wonder whether it is okay to laugh at discredited comedians, or be moved by actors accused of harassment, or listen to cherished recordings made by disgraced conductors, we find it difficult to resolve our uncertainties. In the case of an esteemed bishop accused some 50 years after his death, presents the problem in an acutely painful way. Can we be grateful for all that Bishop Bell accomplished while acknowledging the gravity of the allegations that were made against him? Can we find good faith, both in the concerns expressed by the Archbishop of Canterbury and in the dismay expressed by those who believe the Archbishop has maligned the memory of a notable leader? Can we acknowledge the pain felt by the woman who raised the allegations while withholding judgment as to their truthfulness? Sometimes a homily can propose answers to questions like these. Sometimes all that is possible is to raise such questions for our prayerful consideration And this is one of those homilies. Sometimes, Brian McLaurin says, we pray out of our perplexity when there is no winning, no solutions, answers, or consolations in sight. At such times, in such prayers, we must seek, he says, and I quote, the strength of ruthless honesty, the courage of dogged endurance, the companionship of the disillusioned, the determination of the long distance runner who won't give up even though exhausted. Amen. Amen. Since it is by your mercy, O God, that another day has been added to our lives, we here dedicate ourselves, our bodies and souls, to you and to your service, in which resolution, God, confirm and strengthen us, that as we grow in age, we may grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, in whose name we offer these our imperfect prayers. We pray together. Lord, it is is night. night. The The night night is for stillness. Let us be still in the presence of God. It is night night after a long day. What has has been been done done. has been done. What has not been been done has not been done, let it be, the night is dark, let our fears of the darkness of the world and of our own lives rest in you,
1: the night is quiet,
2: let the quietness of your peace enfold us, all dear to us and all who have no peace, the night perils the dawn, let us look expectantly to a new day new joys, new possibilities, new possibilities. In your name we pray. Amen. Let us bless the Lord.
3: Bless to God.
2: The peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always.